and today we're going to try to give you an intro to the Knights Templar. When I say try, there's a lot of information, so we're just going to go over the key points. So get out your notebooks, let's roll. Sorry guys, my hair's being all funky. I might be teaching class, but at least I gotta look semi-good, right? Semi-normal. Alright, good morning class. This is History 107. We're gonna talk about the Knights Templar in as short period of time as we can because there's a lot going on about them. But, let's see what we learn. First off, uh, we're gonna pull from History.com. They always have a great supply of blogs and articles. Who were the Knights Templar? Well, they were a large organization of devout Christians during the medieval era who carried out an important mission to protect all European travelers visiting sites in the Holy Land while also carrying out military operations. They were a wealthy, powerful, and mysterious order that has continued to have fascinated historians and the public for centuries. Tales of the Knights Templar, their financial and baking acumen, their military prowess, and their work on behalf of Christianity during the Crusades still circulate throughout modern culture. So, let's get a little more detail of their background. After Christian armies captured Jerusalem from Muslim control in 1099 during the Crusades, groups of pilgrims from across the Western Europe started visiting the Holy Land. Many of them were robbed and killed as they crossed through Muslim-controlled territory during their journey, however. Around 1118, a French knight named Hugh de Payens, I apologize if I screwed up that name, created a military order. Hey, I might be teacher here, but some of these names still over my head. Um, along with eight relatives and acquaintances calling... Come on, computer. It, the poor fellow soldiers of Christ and the Temple of Solomon, they later became known as the Knights Templar. With their support of Baldwin II, the ruler of Jerusalem, they set up the headquarters on the uh, city sacred Temple Mount, the source of their new iconic name, and pledged to protect Christian visitors to Jerusalem. So, what about the Pope's endorsement? Well, initially, the Knights Templar faced criticism from religious leaders, but in 1129, a group received the formal endorsement of Catholic Church in support from Bernard of Clairvaux, a prominent French abbot. Bernard authored in the, I'm sorry, Bernard authored in Praise of the New Knighthood, a text that glorified the Knights Templar and bolstered their growth. In 1139, Pope Innocent II issued a papal bull that allowed the Knights Templar special rights. Among these, they were exempt from paying taxes, isn't that nice, permitted to build their own oratories, okay, and were held to no one's authority except the Pope's. Pretty good deal, I think, right? Now, what were they doing while at work? Well, other than protecting the people, <laughs> excuse me, <laughs> excuse me. They set up a prosperous network of banks and gained enormous financial influence. Their banking system allowed religious pilgrims to deposit assets in their home countries and withdraw funds in the Holy Land. Pretty neat. Kind of like how banks work today, right? The order became known for its austere code of conduct, which included no pointy shoes and no kissing their mothers, outlined in the rules of Templars, all right, and signature style of dress, which featured a white habit emblazoned with a simple red cross. We've all seen the uh, clothing and the shields and even the swords of the Knights Templar. Members would swear an oath. <sighs> Sorry, I was going to sneeze again. Members would swear an oath of poverty, chastity, and obedience. They weren't allowed to drink, drink, gamble, or swear. Prayer was essential to their daily life, and the Templars expressed particular adoration for the mother of Jesus, the Virgin Mary. 
As the Knights Templar grew in size and status and established new chapters throughout Western Europe, at the height of their influence, the Templars boasted a sizable fleet of ships, owned the Mediterranean island of Cyprus, and even served as the primary bank and leading institution for British monarchs and nobles. Well, there you go. It was like, oh, never mind. Um, now, some of the expanded duties they had, though its original purpose, as we mentioned, was to protect pilgrims, they also became uh, defenders of the Crusader state and the Holy Land and were known as brave and highly skilled warriors. The group developed a, a reputation as fierce fighters during the Crusades, driven by religious fervor and forbidden from retreating unless significantly outnumbered. The Templars built, the Templars built numerous castles and fought, and often won, against the Islamic armies. Their fearless style of fighting became a model for all military orders. Now, like all things, some things must come to an end, and at a time, there was the fall of the Knights Templar. Well, what are you going to do? Happens to everybody. In the late 12th century, Muslim armies retook Jerusalem and turned the tide of the Crusades, forcing the Knights Templar to relocate several times. The fall of Acre, one of the cities, in 1291 marked the destruction of the last remaining Crusader refuge in the Holy Land. European support for military campaigns in the Holy Land began to erode over the decades that followed. Additionally, many secular and religious leaders became increasingly critical of the Templars' wealth and power. By 1303, the Knights Templar lost its last foothold in the Muslim world and established a base of operations in Paris. There, King Philip IV of France resolved to bring down the order, perhaps because the Templars had denied the indebted ruler additional loans. Well, there we have it. The short, sweet, and to-the-point life and, I guess, death of the Knights Templar. Now, to this day, the Knights Templar still reigns true in many areas when it comes to archaeologists, treasure hunters, and historians. But the official Knights Templar, as we knew them back then, have not come back to life as far as what they can do. There might be still remnants of it in Europe under certain popes and other Christian authority. However, we do not see these people running around killing people because they can, and that's probably a good thing, and for other reasons as well. Thank you guys for joining us. We try to make some of these entertaining as we can, and this was one of them for sure. If you uh, need any more notes, go check out the article. Thanks for watching. Stay curious.